I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. I am Niall Byrne and we are joined by my co-host Andrea Cleary. Hi everyone. On this episode we're going to be talking to the Bray trio Wyvern Lingo who are about to release their second album Awake You Lie on Friday 26th of February. The album was recorded in JRS Studios in Berlin pre-COVID and the final tweaks were completed in Ireland during lockdown. Almost two years to the day since the band's debut album. They are Quiva Barry. Karen Cowley and Saoirse Dwan and we're going to talk to them about their album inspirations, their songs that they've written, talking about harmonies and all sorts of things. So we've got a really interesting chat with the band coming up, don't we Andrea? We do. Let's let's listen to that now. It's 2021, obviously we've been through a weird year already. So what was it like planning an album when you couldn't really plan anything? Yeah, like we were really lucky because we had it all kind of, we had the bones of it all recorded before yeah. the yeah. C word came and then so. But, uh, <laughs> C word. <laughs> like, so we had kind of had it all like nearly wrapped so, up. Yeah, we had, we recorded it mostly live in the studio. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of took a break from it then for a sec which was really nice it was mm-hmm. a really nice thing to be able to do and then come back at it and be like jeez it's actually buying yeah <laughs> and uh, we kind of then just did a lot of post-production um 
separately, I think, and then together as well. In the weird moments that we got together, it was like, okay, it's over or whatever. Yeah, it was like it led yeah. to someone's gap where yeah. we, we got a chance to go back to Germany for a month and then be back in Ireland again. And yeah. kind of, it's been a bit a, quite bitchy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I think we were very lucky in that the guts of it was done. We were able to like finish it and, and as Serge said, have a bit of space from it, which is really good for, I guess, our own confidence in the sound of actually we're, we're really happy with what we've done because at, at the time when when the world started to end we were looking at different producers and stuff and mm-hmm. and stuff was coming back to us almost remixed you know and oh, yeah. and because we're three you know collaborators we're obviously very open-minded to new ideas so we were kind of like oh maybe we could make the whole album go in that direction you know but then thankfully mm-hmm. because we had the time to sit with the tracks we were like no actually this is this is the kind of DNA of, of the record, and this is yeah. what we want to go forward with. What 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 does a alternate timeline Wyburn Lingo album sound like? What 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 direction could you have gone in? Could we have a lot of like halftime? Like who knows? I don't even know. <laughs> I I don't know. Like it's it's really strange because it inevitably when you're releasing stuff and when you're I suppose in the game and we've done enough first album and we know all these weird little rules that exist. Like don't release your album too close to Christmas. But don't release it too late in summer because everyone goes on holiday. But make sure you get it in uh, before festival season so that you get books for, books for festivals. And 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 every move you make, it's like, well, well, that didn't happen because you didn't release it at this time, or this didn't happen because yeah. you didn't write this quick. And 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 there's a lot of pressure. And and like wh- when that went, I was just like, yes, like yeah. no, not that I was ha- happy about Corona. I was not obviously it was horrendous. <laughs> but well, we didn't have to kind of like fit into that little blueprint that every band is trying to do uh it just like released us so i honestly don't know what what it would have sounded like if we didn't have the time to sort of it would probably be like a bit more uh electronic i think probably. we probably would have gone down that route of like um loads of electronic beats and and that kind of thing and mm. then but instead we were just like we kind of did a full circle that's and that's the way that we can say yeah it's yeah. the way that we wrote it as well mm. yeah you know? yeah we wanted it to be like a, a much more of a, a live band yeah. feel because I think, you know, obviously we, we love our first album, but there's a, there's a lot of sounds that we like couldn't comfortably recreate live mm. stuff that we would like tracks that we were just working on for, for so long. And it was kind of had started to not be part of the sensibilities of what we are now as Wyberlingo, mm. which is like essentially like, you know, a three piece band. So we really wanted lean into that and lean into what we love about you know 60s and 70s mm. kind of classic rock bit of prog bit of folk music kind of leaning into all the things we love about that i i was watching a, a clip of you guys um singing an, an, an acoustic version of one of the songs off the new record on i think your twitter and i was like it this is amazing because it does it sounds like the same song it it doesn't sound like it's an acoustic rendition of a song the songwriting is is at the fore and it's not buried in like you said the, the way it could have gone very electronic or something like that so thank you yeah that's 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 class that's like totally how we would want it to come across mm-hmm. like even with our most recent single only love like one of the clips your boyfriend filmed it <laughs> uh and that that was the clip so we took that and put that on for the intro of the album like so it's- was that the one with the coffee pouring at the yes. beginning of it? <laughs> That was such a lovely clip. I was like, that is, this is ASMR for my yeah. brain. It's like a little brain massage. So lovely. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, that, that particular song was the one that, that was written in maybe in, in, a, in an elite kind of classic 
Ring. guitar it was just written with a loop so that was quite difficult for us to get together actually yeah we just did it and <laughs> so, yeah we were like should this be electronic or should this be acoustic? yeah that was a tricky one yeah but, yeah we, we just figured it out this week how we're gonna do that live and and uh yeah thank god thank oh, god different about this one is that we demoed this as we wanted to record it you know our setup was pretty basic but we had a rehearsal room and we had a few you know tech tricks I suppose and we were able to demo everything separate and then demo everything live together as well so that really made a difference our demos had like that rough feeling of like okay live the crux of it is live together and then we're overdubbing vocals and whatever that's interesting because the the tracks that you picked for us today there is a real mix between um, kind of play, playing around with uh, stuff that you can only do in a studio and then also a, a kind of a rough and ready band feel as well. There's like a real mix of, of those two and you can definitely hear that kind of mixture on the album as well. Will, will we ask you about your, your first track that you that you brought for us? Yeah, so we asked you to pick some songs that maybe informed the record a little bit or maybe informed your, your musical um talk about so when you start to come and write a second album like is it different does it feel different than writing a first one like like a second album is like okay we've done it before we know what to expect so but then do you have more ideas about how it's going to work or or like what you want to say because lyrically here it seems like there's a lot of change a lot of moving on there's a lot of endings and growth being addressed here so and you say you know the album is about being in your late 20s and all the pieces are starting to settle into place and you worry whether or not you've made the right moves so it definitely has that it was that the kind of thematic structure of the whole album what was different about us working on the second album is that we we were able to all start the songwriting process together whereas with the first album you know we were we were seeing it as the album you know Mm -hmm. so it was like every and we had years of songwriting to put into it so we didn't want anything to be left behind. And so, you know that um, Simpsons, right? Where they're all the germs are trying to get through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our first album. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Just feel like it's, it, you know, you're going to, there's a lot of different feelings and, and, and personalities, on it. personalities and, and moments of emotion happening on the first album because we were just like, this is everything, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, with, you know, yeah. and then with this album, we were like, you know what? we want you to put on this album and and know how you're going to feel for you know what mood you're going to be in for mm. that that 40 what's well, like 48 minutes is it Jesus I couldn't tell you sorry so I think what was yeah so so we kind of set out with that in mind um, and so it was really nice for us to just like jam out the the songs musically but then also you know we were all going through that like change and want for change and feeling stuck and seeing it in our peers together mm. so we were all talking about the same things and and writing about the same things and it and it feels like 
you know, all, all of the songs came from a very kind of, I suppose, organic mm. place in that yeah. way. Um, and I think with the with the first album, you know, we we wanted to write songs that would kind of bring people in. So like poppier stuff. Um, whereas with this with this album, we we didn't want it to age quickly uh, or be at risk of that, you know, yeah. so we we're just kind of. Yeah, we wanted it to sound classic, you know, we, yeah. wanted, we wanted not to rely on sounds that would be a flash in the pan, you know, or or sounds that would be popular for the next three years and then and then not. So that's the kind of albums yeah. we were listening to as well. We're, we're albums that I think won't don't have an age or won't age, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so um, the first song you picked on this is uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, Multi Love from their album 2015, uh, also called Multi Love, isn't it? Um, yeah. So uh, tell us a bit about that. Why you you added this here? Did you talk? Do you talk about songs or influences in advance? Do you like use kind of references? We didn't really with this album, but Unknown Mortal Orchestra came up a lot because they're a good example of of a band that has that does a lot of things that we want to do. Yeah. You know, like they have got these really like intricate melodies and classic sounds. Classic sounds, well. but it sounds fresh at yeah. the same time. Like I don't think that that'll age, but it you know, it it, it sounds really exciting. Mm. Um yeah. but it's totally harking back to to like old style music, mm. I think. You yeah, know definitely. and they've got a real chunky, really chunky drum and bass section, you know, and then amazing guitar sounds. Um and then weird, uh, distorted vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like there's, there's always like a bit of like crunch mm. on, on Ruben's vocal, but you can still hear that he's got a lovely voice. Do you mm. know, it's kind of nice. So, and we actually got to support them there a couple of years ago in Ireland and they were just lovely. Yeah. Was that the Whelan's gig? No, that was uh, the Academy. Academy. Oh, the Academy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it was just a lovely experience and they, they Good were just, sound them nice. and their whole team were just like, yeah. I love it. Also, the, when we started writing this album, we first wrote Don't Say It and a couple of other songs up in Project Mother's house, Bernadine. <laughs> She's lovely. And uh, I think they, they have this house in Cavan and a few bands had gone up writing at, at different times because we just needed somewhere where we could play drums and not be silenced. My memory of that is just sort of playing Monopoly Deal and listening to one of the more orchestra. Oh, yeah. Because Quiva was like, you got to check out this band. And we were like, oh my I God. Had, I had just been interrailing and like discovered them, just listened to them on the train because they were playing... Forbidden Fruit that year at the same time as Thundercat. And yeah. I'd never heard them before, but I went to see Thundercat. And then I was like, I'm going to listen to that band. And then it was just like sitting on a train by myself, just like life changed, listening to Unamon Larkstra. Do you know that? Like, just mm. such an exciciting feeling. That's a really interesting album as well. The the whole story behind it about kind of a love triangle yeah. in, a, in a house. And it's just really fascinating. Him and his wife are kind of pining for this other person who isn't there anymore. <laughs>
also chose a song from White Denim here called Regina Holding Hands, which is, so they're a Texas band, kind of garage rock band. They have, the, you're, you're right, like when you talk about the kind of classic stuff, they're always kind of on the on the side of a, like a classic rock, but always somewhere else as well. So why do you pick this song? This one just gets me in the feels. It's so loose. It's just got a really raw sound. I think like even the guitar, such a rough sound the way that it's recorded. And then it just has this lovely like, Really emotive kind of yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. There's, a whole, there's so much energy in the playing. Like it's loose, but it's really like you can. When I hear that song, I can see them playing it. Like I love yeah. songs that do that to me. It's 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 kind of just that it's it's emotional, but I'm not sure why. I don't yeah. even think the lyrics are very emotional. Um, I I I think they're poking fun at some artist called Regina who has a song called Holding Hands, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I might. It's pure speculation. But there's just yeah, I and I think with that as well. Something about the acoustic guitar of it kind of reminds me of like the way Van Morrison uses acoustic guitar on like mm. Astro Weeks, you know, and I just the acoustic guitar just gets you in the feels. It just feels like an elemental thing to yeah. to put in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's hear a bit of it then. was white denim with regina holding hands from their 29 2009 album fits you've been together a lot in the last year i'm gathering we've had spots spots of separation like when i think when 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 the world first started to end i think we were actually apart for about three months no it was six weeks (laughs) (laughs) what is time time? just listening to that song there i was reminded of an article i read like two weeks ago about uh listening clubs and people had started listening clubs in lockdown just get on and on zoom and listen to an album together and chat about it (laughs) and the nice thing about it is there's no like uh you don't have to read a book or anything in advance you just listen to the album (laughs) yeah you do it there and then well, that, that song, really I, I, I like how it starts out sounding like a bit of a sad road song. Like I could imagine it being an almost famous or something. And then when it when it kicks in, it has that almost like flaming lips sort of 
weirdness that weird texture that that comes in around halfway through that i love i really yeah i i didn't know this song before uh before i heard on the playlist and now i'm like ooh, yeah, a new fave it's really good yeah yeah they're a great band they're absolutely brilliant there's so much to explore there with them as well mm. your third choice is for the opening track from solange's uh seat at the table obviously a uh, even even now a classic album well, we already know it's a classic album so why why did you include that i <laughs> the short it's a, it's a minute and 42 explain seconds explain yourselves <laughs> we found ourselves referencing this song a lot actually in the mix process um mm. and this is an album i think we all like kind of blew all of our heads off when it first came out and that was good for you it's like we were, i think we were listening to this when we recorded our first album too but we kind of discovered we're always messing with different ways of recording our vocals and trying to figure out what the right way to do it is because sometimes I don't know it's weird because we're always doing it live together it kind of changes from song to song as well yeah like some of the tunes we did try and record all the all the vocals together um at first uh, which was cool on some of the songs and totally worked and then overdubbed and did it separately but we were listening to Solange a lot for like you know and and particularly this song like an example of just really chunky really tight delicious harmonies mm, yeah that are very emotional don't sound don't actually sound separate sometimes when you record or when you, when you record yourself separately it doesn't sound together at all so it takes a lot of work to like make that sound good on a recording so you can sleep at night all in your ways so you can wake up You were talking there about um, harmonies and the idea of because I mean harmonies are a big thing for you guys uh, together. So like, what are the, you kind of alluded to it there? Like particularly difficulties with with making that sound good. You think it would be easy, right? You think it would just be going and recording three voices, but it's just to actually get together, blended, emotional texture sounding good. Mm-hmm. If you all go into a booth and record separately, sometimes it just sounds really separate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we, we all have we very different tones. I yeah, think we kind of have to well. imitate each other. Yeah. yeah. Which is a weird <laughs> one. But yeah. The co- I was just going to say the cool <laughs> thing about this album is there was times when because um, we do have to imitate each other and remember there was times where we were like is, is that, that you? Is that you? Is that me? Yeah. And we were listening back yeah, to the yeah, sounds yeah. and we actually didn't Which know. really freaking Really freaked out. <laughs> Um, and we were delighted with ourselves because we were like, oh, class. Well, yeah, <laughs> I suppose that, that is the desired effect. But it's like what well, we did a lot of, we did a few different things. We did obviously together in the initial stage stages, which was like a year ago, after having done the first kind of chunk of days in the studio, we did all the main live tracking and we did try, we did go in and record vocals live together. Some of those takes stayed in, which added another layer, which is cool. Most of them we, we overdubbed anyway, the lead for sure. Um, and then the harmonies, we we did them separately. And we also did, actually on this mic, we put the Omni on and we like all sang around together, overdoing again, particularly for tracks like um, In Colour and On The Mound and 
full house what else mm. do we have for it yeah. lots of them Loads we of do them. different things like like I don't know if you really want to get into all of this but I'll tell you anyway we'll, do, <laughs> you know, we'll all sing the same line yeah screaming it at the mic then we'll all you know and move and then we also did things like we walked around the yeah. mic just anything that would just create this yeah. kind of I suppose wall of harmony I think a lot of like a lot of say mixing engineers that we would work with really want to like put one vocal in the middle and pan two vocals because it's they you know it's, it is cool that we're, we're three singers but we always want that like together chunk yeah. of harmony like you know like a nice sandwich we actually had a great mixer for this album and, and I have to just give him a shout, give him a shout out here, Peter, Peter Ashmore uh, from Ireland and he, it was actually him, he mixed when we were going back to what we were saying about how we were finding the confidence that this was going to be self-produced. It was actually when he came back with a mix that all of us and our label included were like, oh my God. And all he did was mix what we'd done. Yeah. But yeah. He was just like, he just got it. He absolutely nailed yeah, us. Like yeah. he got it. And Working with him was amazing because we would we would send him like essays of of mix notes and he would just be like great love it like let's do it yeah. and, and he was he was just amazing he just got everything so so exactly where we wanted it to be yeah. and it was really fun to get into that that for vocals that's really really important like because it's one thing recording it the way you want to but when it comes back like someone else's interpretation can just be totally different yeah but he was amazing so we we were able to like work with him on that and. And then re- recording it in all these different ways, I suppose, gives you the freedom to play with it as as if you had like a hundred different ways of singing a song and yeah. you can layer them up over each other. Like what was, so, something I love about the Solange track is that no matter how much I listen to it, I can't really tell how many voices there are in it. It's just this kind of block of her and it almost sounds like it's just one voice. Mm, yeah. there's, there's so much of it and... I think there are moments on uh, on your album where it's like that too, uh, where there's just this kind of, there's so much going on in the vocals that it, it is this kind of this wall. And yeah, that, that must be so much fun to just sit and be like, add another one. How much is too much? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then when, when you get to the point where it's like, okay, too much, take it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it like that? But is it helpful then to not have somebody go uh maybe that's too much or maybe they need to do more like are you like that kind of discipline to self-produce are you is it what are you missing what are you or what are you what is what are the advantages of that do you think like as opposed to having somebody else who'd be like all right that's enough now so we kind of do that for each other like yeah, yeah. like we all kind of really respect each other and 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 like what each other listen to yeah as artists and what we create separately and so <clears throat> I think it's more just like, yeah, you trust that other person's opinion. So Yeah. And in, and we have like, you know, producers often won't hear what the three of us hear. Mm. You know, like like if I do a vocal take that I'm like, you know, my ego is a little invested in and the girls are like, you can do better than that. A producer might have stepped in and been and been like, no, 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 that's fine. That's it. That's the one. But ultimately, you know, I, I, I'll hear it back then a few days later and be like, no, I that's not right. I can do better than that. Do you know that kind of way? And that's the kind of stuff that'll just bother you forever. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, th- th- for us, we're, especially when it comes to vocals, we're kind of like, let let us leave have this. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pr- protective of it. Yeah. Or just like yeah. trusting of, of what each other think of it because we know each other so well yeah. that is, you know, it's like we only want the best for and we know what we are capable of mm. of what each other is capable yeah. of you know but also with our first album we actually got to go up to Donegal and record it in a little duvet fort ourselves ourselves, yeah. ourselves. Mm. so we had that luxury of doing that so it's just 
I don't know, going back into a studio and then having someone else kind of yeah. be like, it's just not the same vibe. Yeah, mm. like, I guess, yeah. That, yeah. Having that person there is great for, like, playing, I think, because yeah. when you're playing together, it's all about vibe. Yeah. Obviously, accuracy comes into it, but, but it, a lot of it is about vibe. But with vocals, yeah, in studio, it's so much pressure and, and it can be really emotional. Like, And, yeah. and mm. like, sometimes you need to do the same line a couple of times. A you know what I mean? A million times. Yeah. And like, <laughs> And what about a, like place? What kind of what about Berlin? What had what did that kind of bring to your recording, or why did you end up there? Because it's so great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> heart just heaved when you said Berlin. There. <laughs> um. Well, that's a big question, Niall. Now there's a lot to say about that. We <laughs> wanted to go to Berlin because we all wanted to travel or have that experience of living abroad, which none of us ever had because mm-hmm. we dedicated all of our time until that point to being to being in a band to, to playing music and um, so we all decided to make that change together <clears throat> so we decided we would record in Berlin and start to grow roots and meet people and we're so glad we did it's just such a such a fun vibrant city and kind of it's a nice way for us to I suppose start the next chapter because this album is so much about feeling trapped or wanting change or wondering what if that it's it's nice for us that the end of that story is that we we went to Berlin and you know kind of started the next chapter in mm. in in writing about recording the last one um and I think I don't know see see then the, the finishing touches came about during coronavirus times which was very like stop starty back to Berlin for a month that included quarantining back to Ireland for a month that included quarantine you know stuff like that so I guess we're lucky that when you're looking at your laptop and you're looking at files on your laptop, you're you're in that place. So that's kind of transportable, mm. I would say. Yeah, like to be honest, also like my first album gave us so much insight and experience into the scene in Ireland. And we worked with amazing people and we had a great time. And we played every bloody festival up and down the country and we <laughs> did we did a lot. And I think I would say we were a bit burnt out. Um, and when it came to the second album, we just wanted something different. We just wanted a bit of an adventure. Mm having gone to a different scene and been so welcomed like we, we, we've really landed on our feet in Berlin we've met some amazing amazing people from the scene there who have just really helped us out and we had been rehearsing on this boat like a lot of the vocals that Omni stuff we were saying we did we actually recorded on the boat which is run by this great couple who were who were big in the scene in the 90s in Berlin like it's just it's just such it's a different world and it's so yeah. interesting and we've made some really really good friends and People like Wallace Bird has just been amazing to us yeah. since we've been over there. Yeah. I remember when 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 I was talking to you during the summer, we when when we didn't. Yes, interview, that was a brilliant. You, yeah. you were yeah, and you, you were kind of talking about the the fact that there's a sort of, there's a viability to being an artist in Berlin that just doesn't really exist in in Ireland right now, um, or ha- hasn't existed. Um, it's it's very very difficult to be a musician or to be in the arts in in Ireland, coronavirus or not. Um, and so I'm um, now that we're kind of I'd, I'd say we're probably about six, six months on from that. Do do you guys do you guys see see yourself returning to Berlin to create more music, or are, are you? looking further afield for more scenes are you going to be like musical vagabonds now or is returning to Ireland something that that you want to do well I guess further afield would be class you know (laughs) yeah uh, yeah we'll definitely go back to Berlin and we'll definitely stay in Ireland as well I think it's gonna be like there's a lot of stuff penciled in for us that we're just like kind of 
waiting for really to see we, what happens yeah we're here know? for the moment because of the obviously the album we've got a few things happening in March uh, it's also legally we're not able to go to Germany right now because they're mm-hmm. not letting Irish people in but we're definitely like like Cleve and I are paying rent still in Berlin right now <laughs> we definitely want to go back right. yeah and uh, I do think that their scene will open up sooner than Ireland even though their cases are really bad I think that they're they've been doing like tests and stuff for gigs and they're just a bit more passionate about actually making the arts like like over there it's an industry you know it's a totally yeah. respected industry that um that runs the same way other industries run and the government really supports that and um because the cost of living is so cheap it's just so easy to live there um mm. and I definitely having said that like in the last like six months we've been we've actually been really lucky getting grants and stuff from the Irish government so um we're far from being you know critical or whatever we've been we've been really really lucky and we've gotten some really cool grants to do some really cool things this year and we're really excited about that mm-hmm. and it's been mm. a total lifeline because like we can't tour you know we can't yeah. tour this album right now and that's really scary you know well, what is that like then to come to release an album and then you're like you can't you are doing a gig but it's a a different sort of experience than you'd normally expect for a launch gig but you've done a few of those now so maybe maybe you're just used to it I don't know I don't know we, we never really case yeah, yeah, we've yeah. only actually done we've done like one like bespoke one we've done, we've done one that was our gig you know yeah. which was great last summer and we've sort of held off we've done like a few little bits and bobs but I suppose we did the little tiny single launch one. But I guess like we're also just this. We've never really had time to kind of put a lot of work into a visual show that's yeah. recorded. So <clears throat> I think we're 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 working with um and a local artist called Ling Heaney. So now that we actually have the time to do it, we're we're going like help it around. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know Ling, who's done all the well, I don't know if the artwork for for all of this stuff from this album mm-hmm. campaign. I suppose you can tell. I've, been talking to business people recently. Yeah. <laughs> Ling's been doing all the artwork. She's actually an old friend of ours from Ray, but incidentally, she's an absolute wizard and has been creating gorgeous work yeah. to do with our album. She's going to be involved in this show on the on February 25th to uh create some 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 visuals to to and some set design to go along with the show. Because unfortunately, or fortunately, I think we just have to adjust to yeah. live streams. You know, I think they're here oh. to stay. So you know, we're just going to try and do what we can to create as much of an experience as, as possible for mm. for viewers, you know? Yeah. Like, we're currently uh, working with a, a candle maker to get a particular kind of uh, Wyvern Lingo candle design. Very excited about that. So <laughs> you can, like, you know, have the, the fragrance while you either, like, watch the show or listen to the album. Uh, similarly, a uh, cousin of mine is, is a really famous uh, cocktail waiter i don't think he likes being called mixologist but that's what he is uh, <laughs> and uh he's he's designing some really uh uh on brand cocktails to like so drink cool. while you watch the show so amazing you got smell vision yes and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sensory attack exactly yeah yes. yeah, yeah. Just so, so just trying to do stuff like that and, and thankfully we actually have a few more things throughout the year to be announced yeah. but uh okay. we're just trying to to adjust and do the best we can yeah like yeah we i think we're like we're in a lucky position because we we have that bit of support we have each other we're all in the same country the timing for us wasn't as disastrous as it was for a lot of other people and Mm. even though like i I mean i'm not gonna lie last year when we planned the album release we were hoping that things would be better by now i think everybody was yeah 
and the reality of not being able to tour is slowly sinking in but I'm I'm still holding on to a little bit of hope yeah. and I, I do think that like bands like us might be able to tour sooner than bigger acts who have bigger yeah. audiences and stuff so we might be lucky I mean we're dying for a gig my yeah. god yeah like we're talking early February now when do you think when, like when are you in your heads are you thinking you might be able to do gigs again I mean we're hoping October yeah everyone's kind of thinking that at the moment I'm finding I have a lot of like my dreams are full of people lots of people yes. and festivals and like large gatherings of people like I'm there's definitely a yearning in me that it isn't being satisfied by yeah. I'm I'm completely through that stage now and I'm not dreaming about the old world anymore now I'm just because I've got so such little stimulation in my day-to-day life my dreams are just me thinking that I've done things like th- like the other day I was like oh I'll go and make toast because I bought that bread I didn't buy bread I had no bread I just dreamt that I bought bread <laughs> and so my brain is like oh, crying wow. out for any kind of stimulation <laughs> it's really grim <laughs> you just want to make some toast that's all like some toast <laughs> we were all like separate for a month there over Christmas and whatever and then the girls moved in <laughs> like been really intense like uh, we, we've been doing like you know we've been rehearsing we've been doing bits of promo and stuff but like yesterday we were all just like oh my god we're, ex- we're exhausted like it's been we've been going from like zero to 90 like that it's yeah. weird it's weird trying to get back to normal even just like going for a walk and and kind of getting freaked out that there's people around like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so many people around like and yeah. it's just why why is that happening that's, that's not mm. nice like now we saw you at the um the merch that was December yeah. but I was like I woke up that morning and we were going in and then it suddenly like I suddenly was hit with social anxiety which yeah. I had I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to make conversation with people how yeah. do I what how do I do that yeah. you know and not only like people but like people that you you know what they're up to you're seeing them on the internet they're like yeah. borderline celebrities do you know what I mean they're just, yeah. just like oh my god yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a tough one isn't it I mean like I was just thinking about, about that yesterday I was like I can't believe there was so many people in one place yeah it's amazing. So, so recently yeah. but at the same time yeah you'd like I remember yeah feeling that like palpable oh god I haven't done this in ages where I've just seen loads of different people and, and like my attention is all over the place and I'm like ah, I don't know how to talk to people anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is like everyone's like so how are you what are you up to and you're just like yeah, yeah I mean yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing how do you Nobody's think I am doing anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I don't live near anybody like I live uh in like the, the southest of Dublin before before you hit Wicklow and nobody I know lives around me I haven't run into a single person since last March like I haven't had the feeling of like walking down the street or in a shop and being like oh hey oh, like, oh, I just haven't had it so I'm like I feel like if I see someone I know out in the street I'm just going to scream and run in the opposite <laughs> direction <laughs> I'll just like get such a fright at the idea of someone's face that I recognise that I'll just run I can't do it yeah but I really wish I'd gone to that merch thing I, remember, yeah. I, I wanted to go and then on the morning I was like oh I'm too scared I'm not gonna go and now I'm like that was my chance yeah. I almost did yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. scary yeah it was amazing scary. it was like being yeah. backstage at a festival or something it was amazing though because I have to say like obviously this has been a tough year and when you're when your only chat to people who like your or consume your music is online it can be really soul destroying because obviously first of all not everyone's online and you know I'm sure you guys know as well that sometimes more and more like you put stuff out and algorithms etc might like mm. you know it just might not get that much engagement and so yeah. when we were actually at the merch stand it reminded me of uh after our gigs because we always used to sell merch and chat to people after every gig and like people people were coming up being like 
oh, I first saw you at this gig in, in 2016 and I'm getting your vinyl for my sister and I'm getting your t-shirt for my, my, my girlfriend and whatever. And it was just like, oh my God, it's like people being like really intensely like, I love this song. I love what you did with this song. And it's like, I don't know. I felt very like seen. <laughs> Lovely. It was like, yeah. I forgot that there's all these actual humans. Yeah. Real humans that like listen to our music. It was honestly like, it was priceless that day. It was just amazing. I felt so good after it. I think that was the day I saw more more people in that I've known in real life than any other day. Even like I live in Dublin 8 and I like see a fair few met people, but not as many as you think probably, you know, mm. I'm like, I'm like not as many people as you would think at all. So it was those kind of things. It's like a top up of, uh, of, uh, of actual human connection, which was lovely. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's let's play your next song, which is from uh, Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. It is uh, No Quarter, and uh, then talk a bit about why you picked this one. Okay, that was just a flavor of No Quarter from Led Zeppelin. It's obviously a, a seven-minute song, so we can't give you all of it. Yeah, an interesting one from from that band. All right, so tell me a bit more about what you picked that one. For me, this song is, is quite dreamlike, I guess. It's like a journey in a dream. Yeah. So, and with our album, like Awake You Lie, it kind of does the same thing in a lot of places, as in we go on tangents, you know? Yeah, there's a, the closing song as well is quite long and meandering dreamy. in a lovely way yeah. dreamy we, we like dreamy long and dreamy, long and dreamy. <laughs> um, I and think this we, song just comes up a lot yeah. like this, this song so so a moment for John Paul Jones everyone um, <laughs> the most underrated <laughs> sorry most underrated and unspoken about member of Led Zeppelin his the way he has built this track with in terms of the keyboards and what he's used like for me it's just like totally totally inspiring mind-blowing and so i end up we always end up recreating sounds and we're like oh that sounds a bit like no quarter do you know what i mean we mm. so many times we've we've been like manipulating like vertices and stuff and been like oh that sounds a little bit like the way furly or whatever i think it's a, yeah i think it is a furly with some filters on it with the way that kind of acts in no quarter and then the, and then when the piano layer comes in on top of that like i just love yeah 
And we've done a lot, it's a trick we've done so much in this album is we've, we've had Vernier Rhodes and we've had a piano on top of that as well. And that's yeah. something that he does so successfully in the song. And it, it, it it's there's just, also some bass there, though, I think. There's also some bass there. Mm. And mm. the way he uses it all together and then creates this gorgeous like bed for the guitar to come in and go, and then yeah and then for the drums to just carry it like so yeah. I, I feel like so much arrangement wise we've, we've like turned to Led Zeppelin because we've listened to them since we were like 11 you know what mm. I mean like they've always they've always been there they have but, they, they are, <laughs> I feel like I feel like our whole friendship is like like Led Zeppelin was the catalyst I think yeah. so you yeah. know like I think mm. I, Karen heard me singing a Led Zeppelin song when we were like 12 and was like hey what you know that band we yeah. didn't know each other yeah um, and it they were always like, I guess, classic rock and that whole era of of our parents' CD collection was what we were all getting excited about at that time. And really yeah. what I think are, uh, that's totally our musical foundation. So we were kind of like, no, why don't we put that on? We're like, we can't not put that on. Yeah. You know? totally not. It was, it was totally, I know, obviously, see, I understand that when people think of us, they think vocals. But for us, if that's like, up, I don't know. The it's vocals, just a given, they're a given. So it's not how mm. we th- it's not how we think about when we're writing songs. We're thinking yeah. about the arrangement. We're thinking about the feel. We're thinking about how the instruments are going to behave. So yeah. so no quarter for us is just like such a tune. And I'm so glad you played that part because it's that part where yeah. it kicks in like that. It's just so uh, yeah. I think it's the the piano. Like I I have to thank you for reminding me of how much I love this song. This album was for me as well as a teenager, just like a really huge like moment for getting into like rock music. And I think in that song, it's just for me, it's the brightness of that piano when it comes in because the rest of it can just feel so almost like sludgy and like really thick and dense. And then just when the piano comes in, it just gives this like lightness and brightness. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's like revelatory. It's it's so good. Yeah, and I love that moment in, in the song as well. It's class. And it's so different for Led Zeppelin. Like this mm. Houses of the Holy was an album for me that made me realize I need to slow down when I'm listening mm. to like an old band's back catalog because I wasn't ready for like how retro yeah. the plant sounded and how like how much they'd like, you know, because their first four albums you know, have a pretty like mm. reliable Led Zeppelin sound, and then they like, yeah, House of the Holy is crazy. It's yeah. it's crazy. It's it's there's so many mad moments going on, and it's and it's class. But at the time, I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. not ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not ready. <laughs> not ready. But uh, yeah, this song is totally one that we always we're mm. always referencing. It's always in the back of our minds. Also, because it's in. I mean, I hate. <laughs> you know, you know when you want, you want to say something, but it's also really like. Instagram taggy but it is an immediate mood this song it's like you know hashtag, yeah, hashtag yeah, mood yeah, yeah. but it, hashtag it, mood. It, it starts and it's a mood and, and you can't get out of it you're so invested yeah. in it straight away and that, I guess that's yeah. what we wanted the album to sound like yeah and it's long as well so it's it it, it it sort of traps you it doesn't give you resolution until the end and you don't you don't really realise that you've been listening to this like slow drudgy song for seven minutes until it's over and you're like oh actually that was that was a much more significant amount of time than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. It's amazing. So your next song is actually also from 2016, same as Solange. So uh, Andrea is a big fan of James A. Caster and he has a uh, a podcast and, and a book called, uh, what is it called? Perfect Sounds, whatever. Yeah. And it's all about uh, how 2016 is the best year for music ever, apparently, according to him. Um, Look into it. 
I'm telling you, like 2016, the best year for music of all time. He makes a very, very good case for it. And uh, I'm I'm actually really coming around to it. Okay. <laughs> well, this is this is my favorite album of that year. This is from Anderson Pack. Uh, the song is called The Bird from Malibu. Still, a bird with the word came to me. The sweetness of a honeycomb tree. And now I look what's taking over me. That is the bird from Anderson Pack. Very much a classic album for me, I would say. And I mean, you talk about vocals. Good God! If I could sing, like if, if I could steal anyone in the world's voice, Anderson Pack. So I guess oh, it's God. ridiculous. Yeah, it's so, so, it's so emotional. The song, like I can't listen to it and not like get you know go deep into like. That's the opening track on the album as well. Yeah, like it's like what? <laughs> what are you trying to do to us? Yeah. <laughs> the t- Tell, tell us a bit about uh, how, how this song kind of inf- informs you guys. I think Cree actually introduced us to this, to Malibu as an album. Yeah. I actually think it was a band. After we supported James Vincent McMurrow in, I want to say, Manchester. And some band came up to us really <gasps> excited. Right. I can't remember what they were called. Oh That's my God, awful. they were amazing. But they were really nice and they came up and they were like, they were like talking to me being like, oh my God, you sing and play drums. You're like Anderson Pack. You should listen oh, to Anderson yeah, Pack. Yeah, and I was like, right, okay. I mean, I'm not, not, that's just how we discovered him. That's all that's true about that. <laughs> so, so yeah, when it went into that and it was just like, I, I, I love that album because mm-hmm. it's, it's so like, it sounds classic, you know, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll last yeah. forever. It's, it's hiking back to so much like soul and Motown, but it's, but it's totally like cool and forward thinking as well. And uh, that song in particular, The Bird, I think is just another one that you, it's just kind of influenced us forever. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a total groover, but like a tearjerker at the and same the time. the most perfect arrangement ever. Like the yeah. way all the instruments work together. Yeah. The yeah. little keys there. Like, like it's quite, it's quite like, I know it's not simple, but like it, it's, it's not like overcrowded with no, loads no. of stuff. Yeah, it's not overcooked really at juice. all. It's got it's it's got a raw feeling to it, and everything is every layer is is really cleverly placed. Mm. And again, it's got that like smooth chunk vocal thing, which we're obviously mm. mad yeah. about. Yeah, um, yeah. The background is like whoa. Yeah, I feel like the song Sydney on our album was very influenced by this, but yeah. all, but I feel like that song is almost like this by like Thin Lizzy or something. Do you know just it's got that bass and and key stuff but then mm. obviously the guitar mm. act takes it differently and vocals are different but 
yeah, this this song I feel like is just an example of like a perfect song. Mm. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, great album. One I go back to pretty regularly. Yeah. Don't think he's done anything as good as that yet since, but um, no. still, he's flashes of brilliance all the same, um, and definitely one that I've uh, yeah, uh, that that meant so much to me that album that year. Yeah, discovery, and I think it came out in January that year as well. If I'm, it came out correctly. really early. Yeah, and so it, it was just it was all year. Such a mad way to kick off like such an unbe- unbelievable year. Yeah, what a standard! Like, oh, this is setting the bar now. Like insane that's class you know what is, what are your hopes for the album then i mean you talk about you know personal connections when you had uh, when you actually met people in real life again um like what can you hope for with feel feel free to tell us about your unrealistic expectations yeah, as well. also. <laughs> what are your wildest dreams no expectations are unrealistic no um why <laughs> i think with it no and on the series now what we can do with this album because we because uh, we will not be touring and because we don't have to tour, you know what I mean? Not that obviously we would, we want to tour, don't get me wrong, but that means we can attempt to uh, kind of cast the net out a bit wider and to different places and to try and land our music in in, in places we wouldn't get to tour, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. So we, we can be more ambitious. We can also be way more true to the kind of creative aesthetic on the album because it's only going to be live stream gigs, you know? And that's something yeah. that we're just, that's what we're pouring, like what we were saying before is, that's what we're pouring all of our, our time into because it's it's really satisfying. It's really gratifying to we've got this piece of, of work that we're really that we really mean and that we and that we really can stand by. And now we get to do live with it, very carefully calculated and planned performances. And that's kind of cool, you know, because we do have a couple of things coming up and a couple of like creative collaborations and endeavors with this that that also like we feel really good about yeah so it's it's mm-hmm. it's a first for us i suppose you know with the first album it was like do as many things as you can with this and just go like just run mm-hmm. yeah and i think this time is just completely different and and i suppose those those streams they they tend to live somewhere between live performances and music videos so you get opportunity to be creative where you wouldn't get to on on a stage when you're trying to work with a crowd as with this it's like you can just focus on the the musical and the visual aesthetics and not have to worry about that like we've been you know we've been mood boarding you know vma performances of the past we would never be doing that yeah previously (laughs) we've always like tried to incorporate in our live gigs like lights and visuals and i used to be bloody triggering lighting sequences from behind the drum kit as well as like and then maybe like have Karen like put on the projections in these like little venues across the UK. Oh, like it was a nightmare. I remember being like annoyed when the smoke machine didn't work one time. I was like, that was a crap gig. <laughs> <laughs> Actually class yeah. that we get to kind of realize the, yeah, the like, the like visual dream for, uh, for the album, for the songs. And yeah, we just, we just have to look on the bright side, you know, and, and, yeah. and uh, try and try and kind of give it our all. Yeah, and there will be time for people to sit with the album. Like lyrically, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot to delve into. There's quite a lot of complex feelings happening. And so I think there's a lot to explore as well, right, for for the listener. You know, that is kind of a nice thing that people have time. We all have time. So we all have time to sit with things and and to make time to do that, you know. Yeah. And when you're touring it, everyone's going to know the lyrics. Yeah, Yeah. please God. I mean, I, I really hope that this, you know, there's kind of, 
the zeitgeist is in our favor and that this this album kind of is is it is a tonic for people mm. you know mm. um because because it really is like kind of written to comfort each other and and comfort the listener and yeah, I, I I hope I hope it resonates with people in that way. I hope so, and I think I think if anything is, is in our favor. Like I know for me personally, throughout lockdown through this year, I'm I'm appreciating albums more. Like I'm listening to yeah. albums from start to finish rather than flitting in and out of, of artists' catalogue. And this album is meant to be listened to as an album. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. more than anything. It's like sit with it from start to finish. And I actually think because because of lockdown and because things have slowed down a bit that people have the time to do that you yeah. know maybe mm. we, hope, we certainly hope Hope's so hopes. we hope they light their candles and <laughs> lie, yeah. lie on the floor I, get in their hashtag lie on the floor have a good cry I, I really enjoyed the experience of listening to the album from start to finish and reading the lyrics along with it I just thought oh, nice. it was such a, there was such a lovely kind of sense of story there at that when when I reached the end of it and like the the last song on the record is just such a kind of it was so um, emotive that w- when it ended, I was I just kind of found myself sitting there for a few minutes, being like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> right, <laughs> gonna g- gonna get back up now and continue my day." But yeah, it 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 definitely has that um that impact of just taking you out of whatever it is that you're doing. And for for listeners, I do highly recommend reading along the lyrics with it because it just I mean that's something I like to do anyway, but for this album in particular, I, I really enjoyed doing that. Oh thanks so much. Thank you. It's great to Okay, our last choice. Let's let's do our last choice in terms of music. So it's a, a an instrumental classic from Fleetwood Mac, Albatross. Um a well known song. Um, but maybe not like, I mean, the early, early Fleetwood Mac, Peter Green, instrumental stuff. So uh, why did you? So I know this is a weird one, but I kind of, when we were actually recording the album um, and we'd be kind of, at the time I was, I was staying in a particular sublet that was like across the city and I was getting the U-band back and forth and you, you come out of the studio kind of like exhausted and kind of weirdly zoned and you're a bit like, yeah, it's a bit of a weird feeling. And I would, I, every time I would put on like Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac and I, it was really inspiring for me anyway, the movement of some of the instrumental arrangements, like particularly in colour, that kind of way that like thumps along was really, really making me think of Albatross. But also the way, the way kind of Saoirse placed and used guitar and a lot of stuff was also doing that for me, the kind of guitar tone and that kind of thing. Layers coming in at different times and kind mm-hmm. of informing again, this kind of wall of sound feeling. And, and also how Albatross is so emotional, but there's no lyrics or vocals in it is also yeah. really important to me. Like we wanted the instruments to make make the songs emotional before you even know what it's about. And I think that's like a perfect example of that. So I don't know if the girls mm. agree. It's also like hugely comforting. Like so much about this album yeah. is about comfort and, and trying to essentially comfort ourselves or comfort the listener. And that song for me is just like ultimate, everything's okay. Just put yeah. this song yeah. on and Come close your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah kind of like, that's kind of like a song that just like billows you off to sleep or something. It's like, yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah, go on now, go on off. Yeah. Gentle place. It has a real kind of air or boards of Canada or just that sort of otherworldly feeling while also using those down to earth instruments. I think it's it's such a, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got that liminal kind of feel to it. Mm. Somewhere in between. between. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it was our only ever number one hit in the UK. What? what really? Yeah. That's, That's insane. insane. There you go. Fleetwood Mac's only ever number one hit. All Fleetwood Macs or just That's what, that's what, what it says, says here. Yeah. Wow. I I would have had this like barely charting for them. 
compared, yeah. compared to their like their pop songs. That's wow. that's yeah, amazing. Sixty-eight, yeah, apparently so. Yeah. So I am wondering, since you said it, um, what uh, Wyvern Lingo candle smells like. <laughs> I mean, how what what are your references you work with? What are I, we're with? working with um, lavender. <laughs> no, there's actually no lavender. Oh, no, it's this particular uh, candle maker, Lumos Candles, and they're stunning. And she actually puts like flowers in the, in the top there. <laughs> and uh, these are going to be part of uh, ticket giveaway hampers for our our live stream on the 25th February sell 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 um but <laughs> they uh, let me see she's going for a mixture of lilac and some other flower that I can't remember right now but she's got a lot of reason as to why and uh okay one of her one of her candle themes was literally uh like the the description is for those nights when you can't fall asleep mm. we've got you to you know and it's literally describing the kind of mm. the kind of move concept of or that yeah the, the hashtag, hashtag move, move that <laughs> you know Cuban the internet. atmosphere of uh, of our album so it was really like hilarious mm. and when when you're talking about a kind of an, an atmosphere of an album I'm always really interested to hear from musicians like what what way do you go about creating an atmosphere because an atmosphere like is obviously it's it's intangible you can't you can't really sit down and say I want the atmosphere of this song to be dreamlike or whatever so are you are you taking inspiration from 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 like the songs that we've been talking about here or do you do you ever just stumble across an atmosphere I think we kind of stumbled across Mm. it when we had that little break Mm. uh, after being able to sit back and listen to the bones of the recordings that we had done yeah how do you guys feel? I don't know. That for me I, was like, oh. I kind of, I for me, I, I kind of felt like we had it from the from the outset, and what, mm. and and it was there was a, a couple of things. There's there's finding a, a kind of consistent sound. So sneakily, there's like a, a warm synth layer on, on basically everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that warm synth. There's not there's the the kind of not being too perfectionist mm. with with everything. Um, I feel like Sush's guitar tone. Ha, you know kind of creates a very nostalgic atmosphere mm. there's yeah the kind of rough and readiness like we would try to do 
three live takes with the instruments and on the third take be like right that's it that's it because that's got that mm -hmm. you are kind of trying to capture a kind of a, a black magic you're trying to you're like trying a, to just a capture something moment like rather than, yeah rather than a, a totally on the grid thing yeah like, like we really didn't yeah. want to overcook it no. um yeah and i think that that's what we kind of subconsciously love about you know, old albums and the old way of recording. Mm. Um, and and I, you can hear the squeak of the kick pedal. In, in yeah. Um, what's it called? Ah, brain. What song is that? Oh, in, in Since I've Been Loving You, Led yeah. Zeppelin, you can hear the like squeak of John Bottom's kick pedal, which like, you know, these days a uh, recording engineer would be like, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. But it's all that Definitely. sort of, yeah, you know, but it's all that sort of stuff that like creates a visual and, and, and I guess puts you in another world. Yeah. Um. Mm. Now I'm I'm not, you know, we don't have squeaking kick pedals because we do. We do. Um, do we? Not the not the. We have the squeaky piano. piano. Oh, sure. Sorry to rapture. Oh, yeah. And actually, Peter Ashmore was like, "No, let's leave it in. It's it's classic." And I was like, "Yeah, it is because it's real. It was a grand piano, and you can hear in the intro the the little. Yeah, it kind yeah. of sounds like a snare. It does actually sound like it sounds like yeah. a snare. Yeah. So that's there, and there are definitely other little bits that are that are in. Yeah, there's like, one where Queen things fall apart. There's, there's one where you're like, weird stuff. Alice Clark. Oh, Alice Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that's in Things Fall Apart. I think it's like really, really low. The uh, there's lots of weird, weird, weird shit in that song. This is all just that kind of like, you know, the bubbles and the crystal stuff and all the stuff that just. Yeah, because I suppose there was there were so many bands that were able to create, like we were saying earlier, that kind of dreamlike liminal sound in the 60s and 70s when there weren't all of these like intense recording processes and these ways of mimicking that. And it's it just it, just because you're kind of stripping things back to basics recording wise, uh, as we can see, doesn't mean that you can't make things sound completely dreamlike and otherworldly. It's still it's still kind of like rooted in something. Sorry, I, I say rooted because I'm looking at my plant here, but I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like a plant. Yeah, music's like, like a plant. plant. <laughs> but I just, I, I think as well, like you know, it's it's great these days that everybody has access to, to being able to make electronic beats, being able to to do stuff very easily in a home recording setup. That for us, it it becomes uninteresting, and then you know we need to kind of go back to well, what is it that we that gets us in the fields? Mm. You know, what what is it that yeah. we actually love and sincerely vibe with in music? That's that's not like cool new production tricks, you know? So I think for us, yeah. it, was, it was it was about getting back to to that. Getting back to our roots. <laughs> Good, yeah. okay. Well, that's great because that's like, I mean, that's we spent the last year or so not um, connecting in, in reality with a lot of things. So uh, it is nice that your music is is doing that. So listen, Quiva, Karen and Sears, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, your album is out, Awake You Lies, out on the 26th of February and you're doing your live stream on the 25th from the Mermaid Dark Centre in Bray. And if you go to um, uh, your web store, you can get a lot of merch bundles and you got a nice vinyl well, and t-shirts and stuff. So. T-shirts just arrived. Stunning. Words and lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, tell us where we can buy the candle. Oh, okay, so initially it's going to be a limited thing as part of a as part of a a hamper giveaway. So you have to you know like share comment to to be in with a chance to win the hamper. Okay, but you know if 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 there's more people like you, Andrea, then who knows they'll be on. Who knows? Well, oh, listen, house, house plants, candles. <laughs> I mean, that's the vibe. It's the vibe. <laughs> the <whole> vibe. <laughs> Live in the <laughs> 
Well, th- thank you guys so much for chatting to us and for sharing lovely songs and sharing your story of the album. album. Thanks and so much. Thanks for having us. I have, yeah. I have every, every confidence, confidence that everyone's going to absolutely love it. Yay! Oh, thanks, we hope so. So. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for having us, lads. Yeah. It's been a pleasure sure. to chat. Always Anytime. Okay, thanks to Karen, Quiva and Saoirse for taking the time to talk to us about their album. I want a scented candle all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Why for Linko scented candle? Really into <laughs> this. I'm going to be liking and sharing and commenting to win, win this bundle. Um, very much so. Uh, yeah, that was a really yeah. lovely chat. The girls are great. Their album is unbelievable. I think this podcast is coming out before the album comes out. So um we can say that it is great. It's really, really yeah. great. I've been listening to it a lot and people are going to love it. Released on Rubyworks on uh, Friday 26th of February yeah. and preceded by a special live stream show in the Mermaid Art Centre live uh, on the 25th. So that is uh, live stream only. So do check that out as well. We will be back next week with with more uh, music chat. And in the meantime, Andrea has a substack, andreacleary.substack.com. Yep. We are on nylonine.com, obviously, where we write about new music. And patreon.com forward slash nylonine. Uh, I've decided it's feel good February. Oh, um, okay. So feel, feel good February means I'm going to prioritize uh, happiness and joy as much as possible. So uh, the next playlist that's uh, available to Patreon subscribers is actually a feel good playlist songs that make you feel into it so that's what i'm very much into it that's what we're all about after you know january i needed some pick me up so that's what we're doing that's what we're doing all right so that's it from us this week uh we will leave you and love you see ya bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.